Before we start this episode, I wanted to once again apologize for my mic issue. I didn't realize the old one was not working, so my voice is once again staticky in this episode. However, both Yvonne and Tisha sound very clear. I have since purchased a new mic and we should not encounter this issue going forward. I apologize and appreciate your patience while I figure this stuff out. Now let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Yan. Hi, I'm Yvonne. Welcome to Lost and Refound Podcast. We're a podcast discussing our personal journeys as modern Asian women and sharing inspiring stories from within our community. We hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lost and Refound Podcast. We're your hosts, Yan and Yvonne. Hi, Yvonne. Hi, Yan. How are you? I'm doing well, a little bit cold here in California. And mm-hmm. I think most people are also kind of experiencing some weird weather changes. It's also just hit daylight savings. So I'm feeling a little sleepy today. <laughs> yeah. Can we, can, can daylight savings stop? Why is this still a thing? <laughs> like, does that make sense? It's disruptive, especially when you have children. It's a pain in the ass when there's daylight savings. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway. Today's guest is Tisha. Tisha is a wife, mother, engineer, and a food and fitness coach. Her mission is to help women feel confident, inspired, and achieve their goals with small steps and intentional movement. This honesty is exactly what we need right now, considering we have been stuck in quarantine for over a year now. So a regular workout and actually, frankly, an eating schedule has been a bit of a challenge to upkeep. That's why we're so excited to have Tisha with us today to inspire us as well as all of our listeners to get healthy again right before spring and summer. So please help me welcome Tisha to the show. Hi, Tisha. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. We are so excited for you to come on. We have so much to talk about. But first, can you do a quick introduction of who you are and what you do? Oh, certainly. So um, I'm originally from the Virgin Islands. Now I live in uh, Virginia with my husband, two kids and a dog. My background is engineering. Um, My passion is health and fitness. So that's why I kind of transitioned into health and fitness coaching. Um, I love warm weather. I am not a fan of the cold. I have an autoimmune disease. So I can relate to, you know, some of the the challenges that come with that, um, you know, depression, anxiety, digestive issues. So like all of the things and, um, yeah, I just try to take life one day at a time. So I'm just kind of excited to show and share what works for me. Yes. And I actually found you on Instagram almost a year ago before the pandemic started, I believe. And throughout the pandemic, you have been posting, you know, regular workout videos, uh, recipes, tips, So um, can you share with us, what is your fitness and health philosophy? So for me personally, and, you know, what I do for myself is different than what I might recommend for the ladies that I, that I coach. So for me personally, I am adamant about doing what I am comfortable with and what makes me feel good and what brings me joy. So if we go back about a year to the pandemic, I think that's really when I made a transition in my business to really be my authentic self and post things that I find that add value to my life that were able to bring me pockets of joy in a very dark time for the country, for my family and for my culture. So the recipes and cooking, working out consistently. Those are things that in a time of darkness, I was just able to kind of find little areas of, yay, we're going to work out. And, you know, working out is not always fun, but, you know, finishing a good workout and knowing that you gave it your all always gives me a sense of accomplishment. So I always get like a little high from it. Yes. um, Working out is not always a pocket of joy for me, Um, (laughs) but I do agree once I'm done with the workout, that adrenaline that hits is like nothing else. I do love a workout early in the morning. So that kind of gets me started for the rest of the day and it gets me energized. And so you said that what you do is different from what you coach your clients mm-hmm. because I'm assuming because obviously health and wellness is very personal. Correct. So how do you approach when you have a new client? How do you approach that person's health and wellness? I always start with what are your goals? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? Like is your end goal to lose weight? Do you just feel like you need to get movement in? Or is it nutrition support that you need? I mean, maybe you don't need to work out because you walk or run or you do what 
is good for you, but you might just need a, a few pointers or a meal plan or a nutrition course to kind of get you on the right path and, you know, to kind of begin to live that healthy lifestyle. I found personally with the women that I've coached is everybody is different, but at the end of the day, we all want to accomplish the same thing. We all want to feel good. We all want to have confidence when we put our clothes on and we look at ourselves in the mirror. We all have insecurities. You know, we all got stuff going on. So I just want to help people feel comfortable and be their self in whatever stage of life they're in. I used to be the woman who um, I wanted to lose weight. I, I wanted to get down to my pre-pregnancy weight. I have two kids and uh, with both pregnancies, I gained 60 pounds with each kid. And after, oh, you too? 60 pounds of each kid. I don't understand. I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, these little alien babies are in my body, you know? So I understand wanting to get back to who you were before, but I try to preach to the ladies to kind of give yourself time and grace and understand that you might start a program and something might happen. You might start it, you might not finish, or you might wake up tomorrow and you might not work out. So I haven't worked out in three days and I tried to work out today and life got in the way and I was like, oh, this is terrible. But I'm like, well, what do you tell the ladies? keep on going and you're going to start over tomorrow. So I'm like, I got to practice what I preach. You know, that's kind of how I try to handle it with the women that I coach is I try to figure out what their goals are. And then we go and we develop a custom plan for them because what works for you might not work for me and vice versa. Great. I actually am very happy to hear that because one of my questions for you was I too have two kids and a working mom. So my biggest challenge is as much as I like to keep a consistent workout routine, it's just not possible because a lot of time my time is not my time, you know, as a mom, your time is really not your time, especially working mom, right? During the day, your time is for your job and then evenings and in the early mornings, your time is for your children. I get very, very, or I feel very, very guilty when I miss a workout. And if I miss like three days in a row, then I start having this narrative in my head that's like, well, you already missed three days in a row, so why start now? Well, right. do- why not miss a fourth one? <laughs> right, and then I'll be like, I'll start next Monday, and the next Monday I'll may- maybe I'll wake up, I had insomnia the night before, and I'm tired, then I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna work out when I'm super tired, then I'll just wait until next week and next week, so that keeps delaying it. Yeah. How would you help me in that case, or what would you say to one of your clients with this kind of mentality? So first thing I would say is get out of your head, right? I would say, get out of your head. Our minds will believe what we tell it to believe. So I'm like, if you need to get up 30 minutes earlier to have your devotion or your, your meditation or your workout or whatever it is that you need, because sometimes we don't get the time that we need to ourselves, And if we don't make ourselves a priority, we're not going to be anybody else's priority. Like my husband will come home and he'll take care of himself and he'll do his workout and he'll do everything that he needs to. And I look at him and I'm like, okay, that is my goal. I'm just going to come on home. I'm going to just take care of me, but I'm not built like that. So I'm like, I need to make sure everybody's taken care of. And I know who I am. I know that I am not a person to work out in the evening. I will not set myself up for failure too many times. I think I may have worked out in the evening twice within the last two weeks, only because my work schedule kind of demanded that. Otherwise, I work out in the morning. It's only 30 minutes. And that's what I tell myself. It's only 30 minutes. Get your ass out of bed, woman, and let's do this. And, <laughs> and then, so what I would tell you is tell yourself that you can do this. And even if you miss your workout, there are other ways that you can get movement. And you don't necessarily have to put on gym clothes and go to the gym and do jumping jacks. There have been mornings where I'm running so late that I just do sit-ups, squats, push-ups, lunges in my closet. And I'm like sweating and my heart rate is up. And I'm like, okay, if I get another opportunity to work out in the after or the evening when I get home, then that's a bonus. But at least I got some kind of movement in. So our bodies are built to move. Like even when we smile, like that's like uh, an endorphin rush, you know? So we're supposed to move. We're not supposed to be stagnant and we just got to do something. So even if you're not, you know, breaking a huge sweat, walking is, is excellent. If you have stairs in your house, you can do stairs. So there are different ways that we can move our bodies. So. And what do you think about having a, a work desk that allows you to stand and chairs that are similar to yoga balls? What do you think about incorporating those types of objects into your workspace? I think those are important and it depends on, on the person, right? 
I personally, I've seen the, um, I think they're like the, the stair steppers that you can use for the stand-up desks. Mm-hmm. And I have a couple of people that I've seen um, in the office and they're just like doing their little stair stepper. And I'm like, oh, that is awesome. I don't think I personally could do it. That that kind of requires a lot of coordination. You know, and if, if mm. I'm trying to type and stair step and count my steps and then drink my coffee and that's just too much for me. Like even the thought of it is chaos in my brain. And I'm just like, that is great for you. I'm not going to try it just yet though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I even have a hard time with just stand up desks. Because I work um, at the old company, or the company Yvonne works now, we used to work together. They gave everybody standing desks, (laughs) and I refuse to stand up because I think I'm so used to just sitting on my desk. Yeah, because we're wearing heels too, so that was my excuse. Oh, that's true. I'm not standing all day. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Yeah, I appreciate the stand-up desk. I will say, um, in the office where I work now, I don't use it regularly, but there are times when I kind of just need to stand up because I do have um, sciatica and that nerve will really bother me if I sit too long or sit the wrong way, or if I'm doing something during one of my workouts that I shouldn't do too much of, it'll flare up. So there are times when I'm like, okay, I need to stand up and then I'll sit down and I'll just kind of go with it. Yeah. Really toning into your body and listening and thinking, hey, I need a bio break right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just need to live my life because I feel that it sometimes is 1 p.m. As soon as I look up and I haven't even drank water, I haven't gone to the bathroom and I'm thinking, wait, what happened? I I think I blacked out (laughs) by the time I sat on my computer, email took over my mind Mm -hmm. and I, that suddenly became the most important thought of my day. So you just kind of checking in with yourself and even just checking in with us about thinking, what do we actually need to accomplish today? And how can I accomplish my next step even better to my, the greater part of my ability. And I, I love how you incorporate that into your work day as well. And yeah. going back to the point about you guys being moms, moms, you guys work out a lot. You cleaning is a workout, right? And carrying your children, that's a workout. I do you also incorporate that into your client's life too. Well, I think there are times when when we absolutely can do that. But if unless you're cleaning every day now, I don't know if you can make that a part of your workout routine, but you might be able to. I will say I have been tracking steps using a Fitbit. And if I track my steps from 6 a.m. until 5 or 6 p.m., even outside of my workout, I will get well over 10,000 steps just in the house alone. We move a lot in our regular lives. We just need to make sure that it's intentional movement and mm. it's benefiting us and it's not doing more harm than good. Oh, good point. Yeah. I think my problem is, like Yvonne said, when I'm working, when I'm in a zone, I tend to forget about everything else. I lose that mind and body connection. So I don't drink right. water. I don't go to the bathroom. Literally like five hours later, I'm going, why am I so hungry? Like I have a headache from not not hydrating myself. I need to go pee really, really badly. Um, So do you have any advice on how do I stay or how do I reconnect myself or break out that habit of being just too focused on one project and completely lose that mind-body connection? Um, There are a couple of things that work for me. Setting reminders on either your computer or on your cell phone, uh, maybe like every hour or hour and a half, depending on your your particular situation. Um, I also like to make lists. I have an obsession with post-it notes and stickies. I love them in all the colors and <laughs> literally all the colors. So what I'll do when I'm in the office is I'll post a couple of stickies if that is like I need to make an appointment for the kids or if I need to do something or if I need to make a phone call. So Along the lines of that, you could always make a note on your desk. Okay, at, I don't know, 10, 15, get up, walk around, go visit such and such, go downstairs, go get some fresh air or do something like that. There were a few days last week when the weather was amazing. And when I say amazing, it's like 55 or 60 degrees, but I'm like, I will take it. And it was just a rough day, you know? And I said, I don't care what's going on. I'm going to go take a walk and I'm going to get some vitamin D. I'm going to get some movement in and I'm going to feel better when I come back. So these are all the things I'm telling myself even before I leave the office for the walk, just because I'm programming my mind. I'm telling Tisha, you're going to have a good time. And when you come back, you're going to feel amazing. And if anybody asks you how you're doing, you're going to say, oh, I am doing amazing. So I think that's one of the ways that you will instantly start to feel better, even if you don't feel good, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Another question I have is I do try to do like an hour walking with my dog, not every single day because of my work schedule, but at least three times a week. 
But I had this mentality where if I don't sweat like crazy, I feel like I did not work out. Is that true? You that mentality. No, <laughs> you should monitor your heart rate. And, and it depends on how you, if it's a leisurely stroll and you're just holding hands and we're, let's just take a romantic walk down the beach, you might not burn as much calories, but it's still movement and you're still benefiting your body by moving. Um, now, I personally don't sweat a lot and I would, I can work out. I can work out for an hour. I'm, I'm, I'm never say never. I have no intentions of ever working out for an hour on purpose. But let's say if I get a good 30 minute workout in, I can sweat very little, but I know that based on the effort that I got some work in. So I don't know if I would feel bad if I don't sweat a lot. If I know that it was a great walk, I had a great time, it made me feel good, I got joy. So I tend to focus on the good things versus what I call um, like getting in my head. Like I was texting one of the ladies last night about one of our programs and she was discouraged because she was like, I finished, but I didn't lose as much weight as I wanted to. And I'm like, that's okay, but you have to focus on the non-scale victories. You showed up for yourself. You held yourself accountable. You honed in on your nutrition. You completed this huge goal of finishing this huge program of 45 workouts over the course of nine to 10 weeks. So the scale may not have went down, but have you taken measurements and have you taken before and after pictures or do you feel more confident and are you eating better? So I try to figure out or not figure out, I try to highlight those non-scale victories so that we can celebrate even the smallest things that we think are small, but they're pretty huge because not everybody is in a position to do workouts like some of us are. And I think it's good to remember that uh, muscle weighs more than fat. So exactly. to me, scale is not a, a, a right form to track if you're losing weight. Yeah. For me, it's more how my clothes is fitting on Fair. me right now. And I'm the same way. I'm not a huge fan of the scale, but I do it anyway because I tell my ladies to do it. I'm like, okay, I guess I got to weigh myself too because I just told y'all to, but yeah, because I feel like the scale can really, it can really mess your head up. If you're working, 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 you're like, oh crap, I gained a half a pound. Yeah, but you probably lost three inches, you know, because muscle is heavier than fat. That's yeah. why I tossed out my scale. Right. Oh, <laughs> I was really God. happy doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> well, also there's periods, right? Um, where you're going to have a weight shift, not just because of your, um, your body mass as with muscle, but also I think with periods, right? Like we have bloating and not bloating if you eat different things, if you don't eat other things. So that also, I think really toys with people's minds and thinking like, well, if the scale says one thing, then that means I must be a certain level of health, which that yeah. doesn't tell with the full picture. And I'm so glad that you um, emphasized about heart rate and exercise. Mm -hmm. How do we find our, our ideal heart rate? I know people talk about it in cycling and different levels and different classes, but if I'm going 90%, is that a good thing all the time or should I be? <laughs> yeah, I think it depends on what exercise, like what uh, equipment you're doing or, or what your end goal is and how long you're going to be doing it and your level of intensity. For me personally, I, I'm just sharing all of my medical history. I have high blood pressure. <laughs> so, so, right, I'm like, I'm just sharing everything. <laughs> so um, that's one of the reasons that I use my Fitbit is so that it can measure my heart rate because um, I have a tendency if I don't take my blood pressure medicine in the morning that my heart will skyrocket and I will literally see stars five minutes into the workout. And I'm just like, oh, wait, what is happening? I didn't take my meds. So that's why I feel like we really have to be in tune with how we're feeling. And if something is off, you should know yourself well enough to know, okay, something is not right here. And, and it's not just I'm tired. It's, oh, yeah, I shouldn't be seeing blurred lines, uh, you know, when I'm doing a jumping jack. I, that's like a random example, but I'm just saying it. You should know yourself well enough to know something is not right let me either take a step back or let me make some adjustments and then come back to it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I didn't realize that you had high blood pressure and that that was something you had to consider like when you're thinking about your workouts as, as well as with your clients too, because then yeah. you're very sensitive to their needs. And I love how you can listen to that because knowing your body is one of the most important things and it's a gift for sure. Um, and especially yeah. when we seem so in tune with other people's bodies, I feel like, mm -hmm. especially in social media. Right. <laughs> And, and even myself just thinking like, well, if I, you know, look a certain way, or if I feel a certain way, um, or if they can do it, then why can't I, right? Like right. I'm looking for fitness instructors that look like me so that maybe I can look like them in the future. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes that's how we start, right? Like we see somebody I'm like, oh, wow, 
they have a really nice physique. Maybe y'all work with them. And then they open their mouth and you're, and you're like, oh, you have a great physique, but I don't, you're talking garbage next. You know what I mean? So you really want to make sure that it's a good fit for you personally, that the beliefs align and the energies align. And you want to come away from conversations and interactions feeling good, not feeling cruddy and crappy because nobody wants to live like that. That's, I mean, I don't want to live like that. I don't know about anybody else, but that's just, um, yeah, that's just, that's no bueno. Yeah. And you definitely, I want to emphasize again, how important that I find your philosophy because that's incredible. I remember that the first time my trainer actually listened to me when I was saying, Hey, like this is painful. And she goes like, Mm -hmm. okay, I understand like what's, what's the pain. My elbow tends to be very flexible. So when I do like certain workouts and certain bench presses, it tends to twist in and it locks and pops. And it's always happens like throughout my life. And it happens on one of my elbows. And she was the first trainer that actually believed me and didn't think that, oh, this weight's too heavy. Like she's just a whip. She can do right. it. But she was the first person that actually looked into that and then started helping me modifying exercises to that. So the fact that you're able to do that as a trainer and virtually, right? All your clients are have been virtual. Is that right? Yeah. Everybody's virtual. Um, only person I work out with sometimes is my husband and my two kids and the puppy. <laughs> You work out your kids. <laughs> so over the summer, yes. Now that they're back in school, I don't do that as much. And a lot of this was like during the pandemic. It was last year when I was like, okay, we are not going to be sitting around all day on our butts, you know, playing video games, eating cake and, you know, chips. So y'all going to work out with mommy at least once a week. And then dad would make them do a workout video for kids on, I think on YouTube or something like that, you know, just with kids doing jumping jacks and I don't even know what else they were doing but so my husband works out as well and we just both know that we want them to have good habits they don't always want to work out but I feel like the upbringing that we had is so different than the upbringing that the kids have that they don't go out and they don't play and they don't really you know sweat and move around as much as we did so we just want to establish some good habits for them and just kind of plant that seed in, in their mind yeah Especially the last year, I've definitely noticed how much my kids now do not want to go outside. Right. Even when I offer them versus they used to love to go outside. They don't even want to walk the dogs anymore. And, you know, our new puppy, we're adopted for them. And I'm the one that's walking this puppy every single day. Imagine that, right? <laughs> I mean, now they're back in school. So, I mean, it's still virtual school, but they have PE. So I do see them doing at least half an hour of just jumping jacks instead of, so that, that makes me feel a little better. But speaking of workout length, so you've been saying that you do 30 minute workouts mm-hmm. and, you know, I used to do, uh, I, I always love to take workout classes and I used to do like an hour, an hour, half classes because I felt like 30 minutes was not, I was not sweating enough. I'm going back to that whole sweating thing, right? It's in my brain right. where sweat to me equals losing fat. Not sweating means I'm wasting my time, which is, I know it's not true. (laughs) This is what my internal dialogue is telling myself. And But now since the pandemic, now when I work out, I do 30 minutes. For me, I feel like 30 minutes is the right timing for me. It gets my heart rate elevated and I feel accomplished and I feel sore the next day. I'm not overworking myself either. So is this personal? Is there like a timing you think you should stick to? Is 30 minutes like a good amount of time or... Some, can some people just do 15 minutes or should some people do an hour or is it really personal again? I think it's personal and it depends on what your end goal is. So if you are obviously, if you're training for a, um, a fitness competition, if you're like an MMA fighter or something like that, that's really intense, obviously you might need to work out for eight hours a day, depending on what your goals are. But I want to say for, I am... <laughs> My gosh, I'm like telling you everything. I'm 42 going on 43. I'll be 43 this summer. And I know for me personally, if I work out for 60 minutes, if I work out anytime longer than 45 minutes, mentally, I'm checking out at like 20 minutes in. I'm like, oh gosh, why are we still doing this? Like I could have stopped in 10 minutes and I'm good. Why is she or he, you know, making me do this? Like, I don't want to do this. So it is mental for me. Anybody that knows me knows I push programs that are 30 minutes long, 45 minutes on the long side. And and realistically, it's 30 to 40 minutes, just because I know that I'm not going to recommend anything that I personally won't do unless that is what you want. So if you come to me and say, I am so intense, I need to work out for an hour. Okay, well, let's work out for an hour. We'll let you work out for an hour. And (laughs) right, I'll let you work out for an hour. (laughs) 
And then I'm going to work out for my 30 minutes because that's what works for me. So my husband is a person who he will work out. We have a home gym. I think one time he worked out for like an hour and a half and I could hear him downstairs. He's huffing and puffing and he's loving it. And he's drenched in sweat. And he comes upstairs and he wants to hug me. And I'm like, ew, gross. Don't you dare type of deal. <laughs> so, you know, he loves it. He feels like he wants to throw up because throwing up equates to a great workout where I'm like, throwing up for me is like, I'm sick. Why am I trying to throw up after a workout? So it really is your personal preference, but I don't see why you are unable to get a sufficient workout within 30 minutes. You can really put in a put in a good 30 minute workout, which includes the warm up and the cool down mm-hmm. and you can sweat, you know, and we're using like weights, we're doing squats, we're just doing a whole bunch of things. So yeah, I think that I'm, I love a 30 minute workout. Oh, good. That was my question. Whether mm-hmm. you include the warm up and the cool down and, and how important is the cool down? Because sometimes I don't do it. <laughs> no, it's very important. I think the cool down is really important. So the warm up is good to kind of get your muscles prepared to do the work. And then the cool down is a reward. So don't skip the cool down. <laughs> you should look forward to the cool down so you can like get your heart rate back down and stretch your muscles. And I kind of use that to like reflect on the workout because there are times when I can really push myself. And there are times when I don't push myself because I know there are just certain moves that I'm like, yeah, if I do that, if I do that jump lunge on the step, I'm going to be pretty sore tomorrow. And I got to do this presentation or I got to do this walk or I got to do something and I don't want my sciatica to flare up. So I know myself that well that I'm like, yeah, that looks great. I'm going to save that for another time. We're not going to do that today. I'm going to mm. do a modification. So oh. that's just because I know myself because I pay, I really do pay attention to my body because I have to, because my life depends on it. it. That's just the reality. So I, I pay attention to how I feel and I just go from there. Yes. No, I think that's a really good way to think about it. Mm-hmm. And then my confession is that it's because I'm hungry. Like I did the workout and I'm hungry. <laughs> Well, honestly, well, honestly, I'm, I mean, I'm 39, I'll be 40 next year. Yvonne's in her early 30s. So I noticed oh, when I was so my, young, yeah, young and spry women, <laughs> when I was in my early 30s, I didn't warm up or cool down. But mm-hmm. once I hit my mid to late 30s, if I don't warm up, I would certainly get injured. If I don't cool down the next day, I'm in so much pain. Yeah, so I think probably. also come with age, Yvonne, pretty soon you're going to have to do cool down. <laughs> It's true. I'm taking my flexibility for granted right now. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask y'all something. So speaking of flexibility, and I know that you all like to sweat. Well, Yan, you like to sweat. Yvonne, do you like to sweat as well? I do. do. I I do love a good Bikram yoga. So gosh, but that's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, so do you all do yoga and do you sweat when you do yoga? Like I don't do Bikram because that that heat is not for me. I am not doing that. But I feel like even when I'm doing yoga, I'm not sweating a lot, but my heart rate is up and I'm like, oh, this is kind of, you know, oh, I can feel that. And it's a good upper body workout for me. So how do y'all feel about a yoga workout? Do you feel like you're sweating or how do you, you don't consider that a workout? I don't, well, I do. I do consider a workout now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before in my early thirties, I did not do yoga. I mean, I did. So my, one of my old jobs offer yoga every Wednesday. So I'll do that. But because I didn't sweat a lot in yoga, I didn't really look at it as like the form of exercise I needed because I wanted to be as skinny as I can when I was in my early yeah. 30s. But now, obviously, now that I'm older, I know a little bit more and my body's different. I can't do hit workouts every single day. I can't do weightlifting every single day. So I try to break it up throughout the week. I'll focus on my arm one day, my butt the next day. And, I'm, and then at the end of the week, when I'm really sore, I'll do yoga to kind of help me okay. with stretching. That's the way I look at yoga now. And I do like it now. But before, I didn't like it because okay. I didn't sweat. Yeah, I love yoga. And I used yoga over the summer. I think it was, when was it? Oh, I want to say it was actually in the late fall. I wanted to run. And I don't like the cold and it got too cold for me to run. And then my sciatica flared up and I couldn't run anymore. And I was like, oh crap, what am I going to do? Like, I'm a coach. I can't just not work out. So um, I use yoga a lot of times as recovery, but it's hard work, you know, just like Pilates and bar. Like we don't realize how many muscles we have that are working when we're doing like small tight sync movement. So yeah, that's another thing. I like a really fast workout. So like yoga bar or Pilates it used to really frustrate me because I feel like I can just feel every single muscle stretching <laughs> and I'd rather just 
do it really fast and be done with it. Yes, that is so true. That is so true. Well, for, for me, it definitely depends on the type of yoga, right? Like there's certain yoga practices that don't get me sweating as much, but I find that the ones where I have to really channel in my um, breath of fire, I mean, I'm sometimes lightheaded <laughs> when I'm doing it properly <laughs> and a lot of like the stomach vacuums and so many of those practices. So, I mean, I sweat when I do yoga, <laughs> okay. that's for sure. Vinyasa, yeah. I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah. I don't sweat that much. I don't, I don't sweat that much when I'm not doing yoga. So when I'm doing yoga, I'm like, I'm chilling. Like my muscles are <laughs> sore, but I'm not doing a lot of sweating and I'm okay with that. But oddly enough, not related. I sweat in my sleep. I sweat in my sleep so much. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, so you're working that. on your dreams. Right. Yeah, maybe that's what yeah, it is. I'm working out. Yeah, that's an eight-hour workout. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Can I do that? I would love to work out in my dreams. <laughs> day. Maybe in my dreams, I work out for an hour. Maybe that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> do you take something for that? Or like, how do you, how do you handle um, that? My autoimmune disease is uh, Graves' disease. So it's a hyperactive thyroid. So my body is like always moving, always moving. And I have challenges getting good quality sleep. And sometimes if I'm like off balance, you know, with my meds or even mentally, or if I'm just overwhelmed in my life, you know, if life catches up to me, that just has an impact on, on my balance. And that's one of the way that it'll manifest is I'm not able to sleep or I'm sweating profusely, you know, in my sleep to the point where I need to get up and like change. So I'm not freezing cold as I sleep. Um, so yeah, another useless fact. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think my, so, um, yeah, like I definitely have family members that also sweat in their sleep and they, but unlike you, they've never changed it. They've never looked into why no. or like understanding how to change their lifestyle. Yeah, but because I feel like these things are, so the changes happen like incrementally over the years. So I've had my autoimmune disease for over 10 years now. Probably my daughter is 12, 13. Okay, maybe almost 15 years now. Wow, time really flies. So I think things have really changed for me as I've uh, matured. That's what I'm going to say. As I've matured, things have changed. And even what I eat is different. Even what, what I drink is different. And I'm just realizing that as I continue my journey through this life, things are just changing. And I just got to go with it because the more I resist, that's not going to reduce the level of change that I'm experiencing. So I'm just kind of like, okay, here we go. I don't know where this is going to take me, but let me strap on my seatbelt and get ready for the ride. So yeah, mm, that's where that mind and body connection comes in. Mm-hmm. Especially as you get older, you really have that connection. Otherwise, you are so screwed. <laughs> Seriously. And I think that's why for me personally, um, that's why I really try to help women to, to be more confident because we go through so much. We take so much crap from whoever, be it the kids, because I don't want to eat this. I don't want to wear this, blah, blah, whatever. I don't know what they say. They say everything you know, in the office and just everywhere that, you know, just being confident in who you are is going to take you so far. We don't necessarily have to be everything to everybody. We just need to be ourselves and be confident in who we are. And that's what we do. That's our superpower. You know, that's our gift to the world. We are our gift to the world. And we don't need to change ourselves to be able to become the gift that we believe we should be. (laughs) Right. Well, sometimes we might need to change, but yeah, that's that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Only if we want to change, but we shouldn't have to change for others. Exactly. That's exactly right. So nutrition, obviously, is going to be a huge area that's important to you with an autoimmune disease. Through all the research you have done and because you're living through it as well, are there certain foods that everyone, you think everyone should be avoiding when it comes to nutrition? Outside of processed foods, because I know all processed food is not great. Are there certain foods right. you tell your your clients, hey, you know, these are foods you should always avoid? Yeah, I don't I don't ever say always, only because I remember learning like true false statements back in elementary school. So anytime you say it's always, always right or wrong, it's you know, disqualified. But no, I don't see any foods that we should not eat. And I'm sure after we get off this podcast, I'm gonna be like, Oh, that's the one. Yes, there <laughs> is one. Right. But my answer right now is because everybody is different and our bodies react differently to different foods, medications, whatever. I don't think that there's any one food that I'm like, everybody should stay away from. Um, granted, I, I I mean, I've traveled, but I haven't traveled the world to tell you the one forbidden fruit that's in Italy that, you know, you'll pass out as soon as it hits your tongue. So, <laughs> so eat a balanced diet. Well, what does a balanced diet mean to you? It's whole healthy fruit, vegetables, 
protein. I've tried many times to go vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian. I've tried all the things and I've realized that my body needs balance, but I'm I'm not able to deprive myself of meat and seafood and all those things. Gluten doesn't work for me. Corn, wheat, soy, gluten. There are so many things that react negatively in my body that I need to stay away from. And that's kind of how I figure out what I'm not going to eat. And as I age, excuse me, as I mature. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. As I mature, my body reveals the things that we don't like anymore that we are over. And then I move on to the next new thing or the, the next adjustment that I need to make. That's where I go. If I eat too late, if I eat the wrong thing too late, I wake up with a stomach ache and it's just the worst feeling. I just wake up and I'm like, uh, I just have this pit in my stomach and it takes like an hour for it to go away. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to subject myself like that unless it's like the bomb food that I don't get, like my grandmother's whatever, such and such. But there's nothing that she fixes that makes makes my stomach ache like that. So I just try to stay away from the things that um, that don't agree with me. And have you ever taken a gut microbiome test? No. Um, so I see an acupuncturist. He's done a lot of testing. So I hadn't really felt like I needed to just kind of based on the testing that he's done with me. So I haven't. I'm like, maybe I should. No, but if you know your body. <laughs> Would you recommend? Um, well, Yan's taken one. So I was kind of curious. Everything you're talking about sounds very, very similar to what that test would would provide. And um, mm-hmm. I can tell you that my fiance, he doesn't believe in those tests. <laughs> Oh, really? But I know that when you, when you take it, you know, it's, it's very dependent, I think on your body. Cause ultimately it's, you have, they're not going to tell you to keep, keep up the routine or keep up the system. Like you really have to make conscious mm-hmm. efforts every day and your body could change, right? Like you take the test one year, right. one result, take the test in 10 years and it could be something completely different. Right. Yeah. They actually do tell you, you have to take it or they suggest you take it once a year because. Oh, wow. It's supposed to be once you get on the diet, you're supposed to, your body will change over time. So for me, mm-hmm. you know, one of my favorite vegetables is uh, broccoli. I love broccoli. Um, I also love cabbage, like anything in the Broscas family. And I actually found out through mm-hmm. that test, broccoli is not good for my body. Nothing in the Broscas family is good for my yeah. body. I was really happy to hear that because I hate kale, but I was like kale, I like everything else. So I was not happy to hear that after <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, I was really surprised to find that out. Same thing with my sister-in-law found out she shouldn't be eating cucumbers and tomatoes. And so oh, wow. that to me, you know, when I heard that, I will, I will cry because I love cucumbers and tomatoes. So. <laughs> yeah, I love cucumbers. And it's funny because I love broccoli um, and cauliflower. I was doing everything cauliflower, pizza, rice, pancakes, uh, cupcakes, whatever cake, you know, with cauliflower, but that makes me get really bloated. And it's really hard for my body to digest. So yeah, so bloating for me is that's one of my digestive issues. And that's because it takes my body a long time to break down specific foods. So that's why I try to stay away from processed foods and um, stick with the, you know, whole fruits and vegetables and leave the wheat and the soy and the gluten and all the good stuff that tastes delicious. I got to I have to find new delicious, healthy food. I know it's yeah. hard to find delicious, healthy, healthy food, especially when it comes to vegan yes. and vegetarian food. I also have tried to go on that route many times because I love animals, but sorry, mm-hmm. animals. I still have to eat. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm going to get it eventually. Right. That's why I keep telling myself what the next time I try to do that, I'm, I'm actually going to get it. But I'm like, do I really want you? I tell myself, you're, you're never going to get it. So forget it. Don't even try it. <laughs> Yeah. One of my problems, um, I love eggs and I'm like, I don't know if I can really give up eggs. So are eggs good for you? Eggs are good for you, but I can't be a vegan and still eat eggs. (laughs) Just go vegetarian. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I was just about to say that plant-based milk has come a long way. That is one thing that I didn't think I would ever be able to wean myself off because I love a good cream in my coffee. But yeah. oat milk, the new silks that come have come out, I'm very, very impressed. So just wanted to interject that. I am too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my daughter had really bad allergies. And when she was like, what, one, uh, let's say 15 months or whenever you're supposed to give them whole milk, that's when we realized that she has a milk allergy. And that's when we started on rice milk. And it was like one or two brands that made rice milk. And it was like the best thing. 
But now there's, like you said, oat milk and they have these creamers and then they have coconut milk and cashew milk and they have all of the milks. And I'm like, this is awesome. There we go. So, I mean, that's what, that's what gives me hope that I can be, I can be a vegan if I really want to, right? (laughs) I can make a really good tofu scramble. That's the closest I've seen and tasted with turmeric. I mean, turmeric is my spice of choice. (laughs) That's Really? So um, I have to stay away from soy. So that's one of the reasons and beans are hard for me to digest. So I'm just like, wow, veganism is like really, really a reach for me. That one's tough. We will continue to think yes. on this. <laughs> Thank you. That is tough. What yeah. I'm still looking for is a good non-dairy cheese. They have not good made luck. good cheese out of plant <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. I remember years ago, somebody made cheese and they made it with, um, with vegetables. And they made like a cheese sauce from vegetables. And I don't remember what the ingredients were. But if I come across it, because I feel like I saved it. If I come across it, I will definitely recirculate yes, and share please. with you. I, I need that. Because mm-hmm. if I and if I do I a vegan mac and cheese, down. I'll use nutritional yeast. That is definitely a, a new ingredient oh. that um, I've started incorporating in my diet, mainly for the B12, because okay. my doctor said that uh, I should probably get more B12 in my diet. <laughs> yeah. So wait, are you vegan? I'm, I'm not, but I I was when I was in college. So a lot of these practices, okay. again, like I was in college like 10 years ago, so there wasn't a lot of options and it was exactly what you said. It was a lot of beans. It was a lot of soy. It was mm-hmm. a lot of carbs, honestly. So I right. thought I was being healthy in ways and most of them were processed, right? Because there weren't a lot of options that were as I think healthy and as uh, naturally um, made as, as we have now. So I, I ate a lot of processed foods, especially like during that time. But it's different now. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say like, it and is. even a lot of the plant milks, right? Like they're almost arguably maybe more sustainable than the the dairy version. So I agree. Th- it, there's so much that I want to go back into when I went, when I was in college, I was a food scientist and that's kind of like where I would love to like research and go back into because there's so much that has been developed and done with our agricultural space with farming and so many leaps and bounds that we've done in the last decade that we we didn't have so I'm I'm interested I'm into this (laughs) and I'm what I'm very curious to see how we can how can we can stop relying so much on soy that was truly an admission a lot I mean even like soy lecithin right? Versus like the egg lecithin, okay. like that's a very, very common stabilizer in food. So I'm just trying to figure out different ways to combat a lot of these uh, sensitivities that we are seeing. I mean, arguably, maybe more sensitivities that we're seeing than than previously. Uh, do you notice any of these sensitivities with your children as well? Yes, with both of them. So my son was allergic to eggs and he has really severe outdoor allergies. So like his eyes swell, he would have asthma. He was allergic to wheat, gluten, soy, corn. I think I'm leaving out like two or three of them. And the way that his allergies would manifest with him is through asthma. So he would start wheezing and then he would need his inhaler. And then if he would go outside for a prolonged amount of time, and if the pollen count was high, then his eyes would swell. He would break out in hives. I'm like, poor guy. He just, you just need to stay inside. So yeah, so his allergies would manifest in a different way. So like traditionally when somebody says, oh, I'm allergic to milk, you know, they might break out or, or, or for, you know, peanuts or something like that, they need an EpiPen. Um, but what I learned from my acupuncturist is allergies manifest itself in different ways. So sometimes it could be eczema, it could be thinning of your hair, just different ways for different people, depending on, you know, what we're doing to our bodies. So I think that's one of the reasons why I'm like, I really try to pay attention to myself because I'm like, is my hair falling out? No, it's not. I'm just being paranoid. Like, wait a minute, is that a mole? Oh no, I just know that's not. Okay, that's just like mascara, you know? <laughs> I'm like, am I paranoid? Yes, probably, you know? So some of it, it's a, it's, it's, it's a struggle. Like you gotta find a balance of being healthy and being in tune and then going overboard and then becoming paranoid. It's almost the the crux of knowing too much. You just know too much. It could exactly. be anything. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. <laughs> oh gosh, tell me about it. So I do want to share something sort of random, but since we're talking about how my body has changed as I mature, so something that's very recent for me is when I have alcohol, I get a headache now. I literally was telling my husband last night, I'm like, wow, 
oh, this is like the end of fun wife and fun mom. You know what I mean? If I get a headache every time I drink alcohol, like what am I going to do with my life? You know, not that I drink a lot, but your girl got to have some wine when she's cooking, you know, when we're watching a movie or something like that. So interestingly enough, a couple of weeks ago, I purchased this non-alcoholic wine. Um, it's like non-alcoholic gin and non-alcoholic tequila. It's like infused with vitamin Bs and all of this good stuff. I just got it today. I haven't opened it. I'm going to have to let y'all know what I think about it because I'm just like, this could be a game changer or this could be like a complete train wreck, you know? Wait, so is it like, so a non-alcoholic tequila, does it taste like tequila, but it doesn't have alcohol? Because I don't like the way it tastes. I just want to get boozy and have fun. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to taste the gin tonight. So gin is my favorite. Like I'm really not a tequila person, but I'm going to taste the gin. And maybe I'll taste the tequila tomorrow. Okay, maybe I'll try both of them. <laughs> Let knows? me know if it makes you happy. But, um, <laughs> yes, and that's what it said. So it's like mood enhancing um, amino acids and vitamins or something like that. So I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to turn up with no alcohol? I doubt it, but I'm like, okay, let's see if it Let works. No, because same thing. I used to, I mean, I used, I was an alcoholic, but you know, my, my best friend and I, we met over alcohol, you know, I used to, you know, drink for fun. But once I hit my mid thirties, actually, I noticed even if I, so I used to be able to drink quite a lot, but once I hit my mid thirties, even I just have like half a glass of wine or half a glass of beer where I don't feel anything, but I will wake up 2am just sweating profusely. Anytime alcohol is wow. in my system, I will wake up at 2 a.m. Just sweat profusely. It doesn't matter how much I've consumed. So I had to yeah. cut alcohol out of my diet as well. Um, I don't miss the taste, but I do miss the fun. <laughs> yes, me too. So if this works, girl, we can turn up. We can turn up. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know. Yes, and let us know what that brand yeah. is because I'm I'm about to I buy will. some right now. <laughs> Yes, I will. So I'm going to taste it after we finish. I'm going to taste it. And if I'm like, hmm, this is decent. And if if I feel good, I'm going to share it with you. I don't want to drop any brand, you know, any names oh, or yes, anything like that. But yeah. Let us yeah. know after. I'm excited though. I'm excited yeah. for you. <laughs> Thank you. Fun mom. <laughs> Hi guys. I'm interrupting my own podcast to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is brought to you by Spotify and is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It will also help you distribute your podcast across popular podcast hosting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Best of all, you can make money from your podcast on Anchor with no minimum listenership. So for those of us just starting out, this is very helpful. And do you know how much it costs to have everything you need to make a podcast in one place? 100% free. Yep, you heard me right. You can do all of this and make money for free. So if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast, now is your chance. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back to the episode. how you have the same personality you're such a beautiful person like just here on on instagram like you are i hope everybody knows like and all those listeners know you are exactly the same person and so authentic oh, and how you're thank able you. to share everything online I'm, I'm a little scared to do that still so i give you yeah a- i don't share everything now like let's just be honest like you know we don't share everything we share many th- i share many things but not everything mm, yeah that's good always like you keep a balance and you know how to keep that balance i mean um after yeah. dan and i were we were talking we wish that we could be like the gen z generation just kind of you know put out all of our thoughts and feelings as soon as we feel them but we just have that level of reservation <laughs> right there, so I will say there is such thing as sharing too much, you know, be it on social media or like in your day to day life. There is such a thing as being too honest sometimes like, OK, you don't have to be honest all the time. You can keep some of your thoughts to yourself. You know, it's all about balance. So earlier you spoke about your acupuncturist. How long have you seen um, an acupuncturist? So I think it's been maybe 15 years, Wow, 15 years ago. That was my very first time. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, I'm obviously for 15 years, you must love going to see acupuncturists. What kind of results have you seen by going to acupuncturists? So it's funny. I started going to the acupuncturist. I don't remember what it was for. Well, I don't know if my husband went first 
because, and I got him the recommendation or whatever, but my entire family ended up going for allergies. So my husband went because he has really severe outdoor allergies and he gets allergy shots and he has a lot of sinus problems. I went personally because of my high blood pressure and my autoimmune disease. So I'm, I'm still working on trying to wean myself off of meds because the next step for me is if my thyroid remains to be overactive, I'm going to have to have it removed via what they call radioactive iodines. I'm going to have to take a radioactive pill and it's going to um, dissolve a portion of my, (laughs) yes, my thyroid. So I'm just trying to be as healthy as I can to see if my body will, you know, stop attacking itself, but I'm not there yet. Um, I try to stay in balance. I take my meds and I see how it goes. I try to eat as best as I can and go from there. But to answer your question, so acupuncture for me, it was many things. So initially it was, hi, doctor, can you just help me feel better? I got this going on. Like my cycles are extremely heavy and um, I have these headaches. I just feel stressed out all the time. And there's a series of testing that he was able or he is able to do to kind of evaluate how specific foods and um, toxins are causing me to feel or, you know, what my reaction is. And he was able to do that for me, my son, my daughter, and my husband, and we've all seen great results. And once I continued to go to the practice consistently over a certain amount of time, my symptoms would subside and then I would feel better. And then I wouldn't necessarily need to go every week. Mm -hmm. I probably can just go monthly. And what I would do is I would get the acupuncture and that would be like the best sleep that I would get. I would probably sleep, you know, with the needles for like an hour, but I would wake up feeling like, oh my gosh, I felt like I slept for like eight hours. It's like the best sleep ever. So I would use that as a form of self-care for me because my kids were a little younger and I'm an engineer and I have real life demands and I have, you know, responsibilities to clean up. And I feel like I, if there's too much clutter and chaos in the house, that creates clutter and chaos in my mind. So I like a level of order and it was just overwhelming for me sometimes. So, you know, those acupuncture sessions for me were really, um, it's almost like getting a massage and going to the spa, you know what I mean? And it, it, it was just that relaxing and it was just that good for me. So I haven't been able to go because of the pandemic. And I think that he is now going to be closing his practice um, but yeah, but I mean, because he doesn't need to work. He really just did it because he loved helping people. And I'm like, well, keep helping me. Yeah. So I, I still meet with him virtually and, you know, we have sessions based on how I'm feeling and he makes recommendations and he can still, you know, give me a prescription because he knows my history, but I need to get those needles so I can get that good sleep, you know, with that acupuncture. Kind of funny, actually, I went to see acupuncture when I was pregnant because I had insomnia issues and I relied on cannabis to help me go to sleep at night. And obviously I can't consume cannabis when I was pregnant. So I went for insomnia and it's true. They, they helped me get some of the best night's sleep. I still suffer from insomnia, but I haven't gone back. So I actually need to go back because mm-hmm. I think it does really benefit you to see an acupuncturist regularly. Uh, and they're yeah. able to resolve a lot of issues that one, you might not be aware of. And number two, Western medication is just not solving the root of issue and acupuncture really tries to get to the root of that issue. I so agree. I'm so glad that you said that. And I feel the same way. And I've tried both approaches, obviously. And I'm just like, hey, doc, when can I get off of my meds? He's like, well, not yet. You're not ready. And uh, and I'm like, well, why not? And he's like, you got to give your body time. And I'm like, I don't got time. Like, I want to be off of them now. But yeah, that's the Eastern Western philosophy, right? Eastern is all yeah. about taking the time, take as long as your body needs, which for a lot of us, we are so trained to that instant gratification with like your yeah. painkillers and all of that from Western medication. I had the same thing. If I'm sick, I just want you to give me some medication so I can feel better. Right. I, a yeah. lot of times I don't think about Oh, I'm just covering the symptoms because I, at that moment, I just want to feel better. But it's yeah, so true exactly that true. you're not going to solve the issue unless you give your body time. Your body just not going to resolve itself in like a day. Right. That's so true. You still have insomnia? I do. I still deal with insomnia. Yeah. I've been dealing with it uh, for over 10 years now. So it is what it is. I have a plan. Um, it doesn't always work. But I think part of what I'm missing is going to see someone to help me resolve it than just trying to treat it myself because yeah. it's obviously not that successful. Yeah, you just maybe need another technique or another another something special in your toolkit. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I have trouble sleeping. A lot of times right before I go to bed, I do a deep sleep meditation session. 
And sometimes it helps and, and other times it doesn't yeah. because I find yeah. for me personally, I'm unable to see because I just got, I have all these thoughts running through my mind. Like that's when I do my best thinking is when I need to be asleep. That's when the ideas come and I got to pick up my phone. And that's why I can't sleep because I'm picking up my phone, you know, and it's, it's like a vicious cycle. Yes, very true. The minute I turn on the TV, everything starts in my head. So outside of fitness and nutrition, do you have any other advice for someone or do you do any other routine or suggest for you know, someone looking to be healthier, to have that mind-body connection? Is there something else they should be incorporating within their day um, that will be helpful? Um. I would say like deep breathing. Um, I know that's like, you know, fitness related, but I think that taking in fresh air from outside versus the recirculated air in our homes or in our office, just getting fresh air, like taking deep breaths. It's like you're, you're refiltering your lungs and getting, you know, fresh, healthy air, hopefully, you know, not smoke infested air back into your body. So I say walking, deep breathing, and just the things that bring you joy. If you love scrapbooking, Maybe you should figure out a way to scrapbook every day for 10 or 15 minutes if that's going to bring you a burst of joy. And then I always say doing something special with the family every day. It doesn't have to be a family movie. Like we do a lot of family movies over the weekend, but we have a new puppy. So one of our family events is we hang out with our girl. We hang out with the puppy and take care of her and play with her. We let her kind of nibble on us and bite our, our fingers and we hang out with her. So it could be sitting outside. It might be having a glass of... uh non-alcoholic beverage. <laughs> that might be the new routine. <laughs> um, it could be getting your nails done. So it really depends on what brings you joy. So I've been on it like a mission. I feel like ever since last year, ever since the pandemic and all of the civil rights, you know, challenges and all of the darkness. And I felt like I lost my joy. I felt like I was so close falling into a deep depression. And I'm just like, ah, I don't want to fall into a black hole because it's so hard to pull yourself out. So I have really just been trying to find ways to find pockets of joy. And, and sometimes for me, it's just cleaning off the counter in the bathroom, or it's like, you know, buying myself a fresh bouquet of flowers. It might just be decluttering my, my closet space. So I think it looks different for everybody, depending on where you are. It could just be being by yourself because sometimes you just don't, you don't want to be with nobody. You just want to be by yourself. That's me right now. Can't everybody get out of the house. I need some alone time. <laughs> I'm telling you. And it seems like everybody always needs something. Like, can you just not need something today from me? But no, everybody needs something from you. So very, very it. true. I made dinner early today in anticipation for this podcast. And I told my husband, you know, just heat it up. It's on the stove. <laughs> Right before I started recording, my daughter came and goes, dad wants to know where the food is. And I was like, I love it. I was like, count <laughs> over his eyes right on the counter. <laughs> like, can yep, you just leave me alone for right. five minutes? <laughs> no. Mom, where's the ice? Probably in the freezer, you know? Try there. <laughs> where's food? Have you looked in the kitchen? <laughs> yeah. And you can't make this stuff up. Mom, where's my backpack? Uh, I don't know. In your room? Did you leave it at school? So what are you going to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it is what it is. I would definitely say that my significant other is very similar. Um, and I feel like there's, they find some level of comfort. This is what I tell myself. They find some level of comfort that when I go there, something magic happens <laughs> and it's all better. Yes. You are the magic. That's exactly right. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's definitely part of that story, right? Like about just we're giving ourselves and caring so much about other people and then telling ourselves, we also deserve that same care too. <laughs> That's right. And sometimes you got to give it to yourself because you might not get it from where you expect, you know, so you got to make sure that you take care of yourself. I don't think that anybody will take as better care of you than you will, because who knows you better than you? Yeah. But so, so often we, we take care of ourselves last, especially as right. women, everyone else yeah. come before us. That's true. And you know, what's interesting is as I've tried to make adjustments to that and take care of myself first, it, it's an adjustment for everybody. Like it, it's weird, you know, people got to get used to it. And then you can potentially be viewed as selfish when you're not really being selfish. You just want to make sure that you get some of what you have been sharing with everybody else. You want to get some of that goodness for yourself too. So it definitely is a balance, but yeah, you got to take care of you. 
Yeah. And I really liked your advice for just 15 minutes of basically self-care, right? Do whatever makes you happy. That to me is 15 minutes or longer of self-care and don't feel guilty, which I often feel guilty and I'm trying to get myself out of that. You know, my husband always tell me like, I didn't tell you not to do that. I'm always telling you to do more of your hobby because I know you love it. You know, and he's like, that's a narrative you keep telling yourself. <laughs> yourself, yeah. Maybe try some like affirmations or so. Just tell yourself that you love doing this and I'm going to do it for 15 minutes every day. Even if you don't make that goal, you know, even if you do it four days a week or five days a week, that's still better than not doing it that week. Yes, absolutely. So. Well, Tisha, we're so blessed for you to come on our podcast. This was really, really fun. Can you tell our audience where they can find you? You can find me on Instagram at Tisha S. Burgess. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but Instagram is popping. That's where you can find me. <laughs> yes, you are very regular with posting your Instagram posts. Um, they're also always very inspirational. So I suggest everybody go and follow Tisha and we will link your Instagram profile down in our show notes. Okay, thank you so much. I'm so excited. Thank you all so much for having me. This was amazing. I can't wait to share the um, information about the non-alcoholic. Yes, we're waiting. We're waiting for that. (laughs) I will will follow up with you, trust me. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, do that. (laughs) Great. Thank you so much, Tisha. Have a great rest of the evening. You too. We'll chat soon, okay? Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We really appreciate your support for our little podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it will mean the world to us if you can leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. This will help more people discover our podcast. You can find Lost and Refound podcast on Instagram at lost.and.refound. If you want to email us, you can do so at lostandrefoundpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I hope you stay positive and creative. Bye.